0: So guys, uh, today we have a super special guest and welcome back to Money Show. Today with us, we have Darren Batchelder. He's a multifamily syndicator based in Dallas, Texas. So welcome to the show, Darren. Thanks, Martin. I really appreciate it. I'm glad to be here. Thanks, thanks. Thank you for your time. I know how busy you are. So first of all, I just want to jump in right in into the questionnaires here and want to ask you, how did you came across real estate and uh, how did you... You know, started investing into, into real estate as well. Sure. Um, so, my background is, is a little diverse. I started out as a, as a CPA
1: um, with Price Waterhouse, and then I moved on to uh, do software sales, selling ERP software systems to Fortune 1000 companies. Then I went to work uh, on a trading desk for a large um, multinational bank, AB AMRO. It's a Dutch bank, you may, you may be familiar with it. A lot of people in the US haven't heard of them. Um, they have a big presence in the capital markets, but not so much a banking retail presence. And um, in that space, I was trading large loan portfolios between banks. So we were originating um, billions of both residential jumbo mortgages, as well as uh, multifamily, kind of the garden apartment uh, type loans and we were reselling those loan portfolios to other banks uh, for their, for their balance sheet. And so what I was there for a while. And then when the market kind of, I was there during the 2002 2002 to 2006 time period, when the market started to turn, I left the bank and um, I actually started my own company. Trading loan portfolios, uh, selling residential, multifamily, and commercial real estate loans. And um, about a year and a half, two years ago, you know, I, I knew the multifamily asset class very well, and just decided I want to start buying real estate. And uh, I had no interest in in really uh, doing the single-family uh, flip type deal. So I wanted to go bigger. And so I started to look around for how to do that. And I ended up getting involved in a in multi um, multifamily mentorship group based here in Dallas, uh, the Brad Sumrock Group. So I joined that group about uh, December of 2017.
0: Wow, okay, okay. So when you're talking starting, like again, you, you started your journey into real estate in Dallas, that's where you started?
1: That- that's correct. So it really was a, a year and a half ago. Again, I I've been trading multifamily loans for years and years and years. So I knew the asset class. I understand the underwriting. I understand the lingo. Um,
0: yeah. But I had never
1: owned real estate other than my personal residence. Okay. So, so, you know, so it, was a, it was a completely on. new thing.
0: Sorry, just how long did it take you for for you to make that leap? You know, because you mentioned again, you you studied, and before the interview, said you know you you're again part of the you know group. Like and like, what's what's the what type of investment did you make in yourself before you pulled the trigger? You know, and made your first investment.
1: Yeah, so I would say so. I joined the group December two thousand seventeen. You know, probably. For a few months before that, I read a lot of um, multifamily books, um, yeah. and and I, and just I knew I wanted to focus in on my area. When I joined the group, I educated myself. Um, you know, the group has a bunch of uh, online webinars, and, and I was very familiar with a lot of the the teaching already from, from my business, but um, it kind of filled in some of the gaps, and um, you know, more importantly, it opened up the network. So uh, it opened up you know the, the different partners that I, you have to partner with on these larger multifamily deals, um, introduced me to attorneys, um, to property management companies, to brokers, and also introduced me to um, provided me networking opportunities to meet a lot of passive investors. So investors who have other jobs and careers but they want to invest their capital in the multifamily deals, but they don't have the time or they want to make the effort to to actually go out and, and secure a deal themselves.
0: Okay, got it. Yeah, because that, that's good because now I get it that the networking thing is works definitely better than just reading a book. And of course, that helps because you need to know, again, it's right. Lingo, You need to know, like, but the networking, like going and, physically doing something, especially when it comes to like meeting, you know, passive investors and, you know, networking with active investors and, you know, people who are actually buying deals, it's definitely, you know, much, much more worth um, to do. So, because there's a lot of people, again, that's why I ask you the question, because there's a lot of people now, because, you know, like real estate market, particularly syndication, I mean, you, you get the groups on Facebook coming in like every day. There's a new right. group coming in and because like, there's a lot of people understanding now and they see where the market is going that the, you know, all the um, owners of the property is now becoming renters and it's going to be a renter's nation. Uh, so, you know, there's more and more people waking up to this idea like, man, being a landlord is actually cool, you know, but again, it's, it's right. just, you need to go in at bigger deals because the house, like it, it don't make sense. It's just one door. So definitely the book helps, but the the networking is, is something different on a different level. So, yeah. Yeah.
1: So anybody that's looking to, to get involved, I mean, the the books and the podcasts are are kind of step one, you know, to educate yourself, but then, you know, I would recommend to anybody that wants to get involved, you know, the next action step is, is go find, you know, a a multifamily group um, that, you know, again, I'm part of the Brad Sumrock group, but there's, there's other groups out there also. Um, they're not the only ones. and But you surround yourself with like-minded people, and then you start to meet more and more people that have done it. And it gives you the confidence to take the next step.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So talking about the next step, I want to ask you, because, um, again, you operate in Dallas, Texas. So how do you determine your investment criteria? Because like, you invest locally in Dallas right now, right? that's correct. So So, yeah, can you talk about that a little bit? Sure.
1: Um, So some of it is, is kind of um, determined that by this group that I'm a part of in terms of what are the typical expectations for returns that passive investors are looking for. So, you know, the, the passive investors in our group are typically looking for a seven to eight percent cash on cash return and a uh, seventy to eighty percent total return over a four five year hold. Yeah. So if we were to buy the asset and hold it for five years, um, somebody invested a hundred thousand dollars, then they, they could expect to uh, have a forecasted re- distribution of eight thousand a year, you know, for each year. So that for five years, that'd be forty thousand, with a, a forecasted capital gain on the sale of approximately 40,000 that gives you the 80% uh, total return.
0: Yeah okay so because you know like in my experience like uh, again like guys you know like I do interviews with a lot of people who actually you know investing into multifamily deals they're starting or they already had the portfolios of more than thousand units and so forth but like the returns are kind of the same. So again, the question, like when it comes to the, you know, passive investors, like who, who should I pick? You know, like, cause everybody's saying, I mean, it's like 1.5, like equity multiple, like whatever, like right. 8% RR, like 8% cash and cash. So who do I pick? Like, cause everybody give the same. Yeah. Kind of numbers.
1: That's very, that's a very good question. And, and I have some passive investors say the same thing to me. Hey, Darren, I'm, I'm new to this group and I'm, I've got like three or four or five deals in my inbox, and they're they're all telling me you know eight percent cash on cash and eighty percent return. How do I pick which one? And you know I think a a big piece of it is is getting to know the lead sponsor. And you know do do you connect with that lead sponsor? Do you you know have you built trust with that lead sponsor? Do you think do you think the lead sponsors uh, background, you know, is well suited to be successful in this. Uh, do you think that, uh, just from a character perspective, what's your gut feel in terms of, um, you know, the integrity of the lead sponsor and, and the transparency, you know, potentially of lead sponsor? Because, you know, things are when you put the deal together. That's the forecasted returns, but actual, you know, a lot of different things can happen on a property. Um, so the actual could be better, it could be worse. it could be challenges that you didn't think about um, that happen, and how much of that do you communicate to your, you know to your investors and, and And so some people have different styles, and um, you know it's
0: trying to find a good match for yourself. Um, yeah, yeah. so again it's, it's the relationship that matters, basically. More- uh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Relationship and the trust. I mean, it's, it's, it's everything. Definitely. So, you know, talking about the raising capital, I don't know, like, because we spoke before, probably you don't have, like, I don't know if you have experience in that. So maybe you can talk about, you know, raising capital, maybe some of your, you know, partners have, you know, of course they do experience in that, but is it, is it the capital Is it the money or is it the deal? What which is important kind of, you know, the chicken or the egg, which, which is the first question. So what, what do you think in this given market, which is more important now? that? Um,
1: that's an interesting question. I'm going to answer it a
0: few different ways. Um, sure. So
1: there's a lot of money that wants to go into multifamily deals. Okay. So, you know, there's not a scarcity of money. So, you know, I guess high level, I would say the deal is more important. Okay. Um, having said that, um, depending on where you are on the spectrum of experience level and syndicating is going to, you know, dictate how easy or how challenging the, the, um, the money ways could be. So, you know, people had told me as I was going, you know, through the learning process and I was out there bidding on deals. Um, hey, getting the deal is, is the hard part. And then the money will cut the money comes and the money's there. Yeah. Um, and, but what I found when I got the deal, you know, we raised like two and a half million dollars from 44 investors. Um, you know, now there's more deals that are happening. So the, the passive investors that are out there networking with sponsors, you're not the only choice. So now all of a sudden there's three, four or five deals in their, in their inbox and they have 50 or a hundred grand that they want to put, you know, into a deal they've got to make a choice. So, am I going to put in in your deal or one of these other deals? And um, you know, not everybody has that choice, but there's more and more people that have that, um, that, that opportunity now. And so now if you're a new syndicator, which, which this was my first deal that we closed back in December, um, you know, I was competing against other deals for, with, from syndicators who had been doing this for three, four, five, six years, and uh, and sponsors also will look at the size of the deal. So my deal was a 70 76 unit property, and you know there were other deals that were two and 300 unit properties. And some passives, you know, would say, well, may, you know, maybe the better opportunity for me is to go in that 300 unit deal with you know these three other sponsors who've been doing it for five years. Um, one, I've had my resume with saying I own 300 units instead of owning. You know, partial owner in 76 units. And two, I've got, you know, three experienced uh, syndicators versus going with Darren, who, you know, maybe I like Darren, but, it, you know, it's his first time and, you know, do I want to give him a chance on the first go or not? So there's kind of pluses and minuses to it. Um, there's always challenges. So I wouldn't say it was like a snap <laughs> of the fingers. Uh, we had to hustle um, to get it, but I also, partnered with an experienced guy to help bring the credibility that, you know, we know what we're doing. We've got, a, we've got somebody on, on board in the general partnership that's purchased rehabbed and, and sold um, hundred plus unit properties and, and returned, um, excellent returns to, to the sponsors. I mean, to the um, passive investors.
0: Okay. Okay. That's beautiful. So again, Dallas, love it as I mentioned before beautiful market again competition but market is is great so I mean because you you can find like markets within the markets as well sometimes right so like when when somebody's a starting do you recommend because I spoke with the people before and like if you're familiar with California I mean it's 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 tough like California San Francisco like you know it's it's impossible so like for people who are living in these type of states, maybe in New York, you know, so do you recommend if they're looking to invest into multifamily properties because you can find multifamily in these like New York and, and San Francisco, would you recommend for them to go and invest into other states? Uh, absolutely. I mean, some of, the, some of the major criteria that
1: I would look for um, in, in picking your markets you know, it is population growth, income growth, um, but then another important uh, criteria is, is whether it's landlord friendly, you know, so are you in a state that's landlord friendly? So, you know, in, in Texas, uh, you know, our property, we have a full-time uh, leasing person on staff and, and a full-time maintenance person. Well, they, they handle, you know, writing all the new leases, you know, collecting the money, doing all the, the accounting, But they're also responsible for, you know, doing the evictions and handling, you know, and and it only takes, you know, two, you know, like three weeks. Where in California, I hear stories about where it could take you six months or more to get a tenant out, not paying.
0: And and that's going to be bad
1: debt, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, that that's a big criteria. So, yep. you know, Dallas is not the only state that's landlord friendly, but those are the types of markets that I would want to invest in is is landlord friendly, income growth, population growth, um and so those are tr- attractive criteria. In Cal- California it's tough. So, if you're living in California, yes, I would recommend, you know, looking in a market like a, a Texas market in Dallas San Antonio or um, a lot of people are looking at Phoenix now. Phoenix is an attractive market. yeah, um, And that's pretty close to California. So yeah, those are, those are markets you can get into. And just like I partnered with a, an experienced um, syndicator as, as my general, uh, my partner on this deal, I wanted somebody to, to come alongside that had experience. If you're living in California, you can do the same thing, partner with somebody who has experience, you know, in the state that you want to invest in.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because, yeah, that, that's, that's a problem now for a lot, a lot of people who are looking to start. They're like, man, like I, I cannot find any deals like locally. Yeah, but what's the approach for them? Should like, because I spoke with one, one guy particular who lives in California and I hope he's watching because I told him three times already, I was like, move, man, you need to pack and you need to move but he's just right. not willing to make that you know commitment because I know it's a commitment definitely it's easy for me to say but I've been moving places right. so that's that's again the advice that I'm giving to people as well because moving is good you know you 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 need to chase go and chase the opportunities I mean you're you're I mean in your situation is phenomenal that you're living in, in in the good market but some people they it need it. to relocate so what's the option for them should you recommend like to reach out to people who are living let's say in Dallas and like maybe raise capital or be like what position should, should they take if they don't want to relocate, you know, to those markets? Yeah. So, I mean, anytime you partner with somebody,
1: you, you need to be able to bring value, right? Or else why are they going to partner with you? And so um, if you're living out of state, it poses an extra challenge. And so you really have to think about what value do you bring? Um, so, you know people that i meet in the group that are outside of the state that want to invest out in a different state um, i always ask them what market they're interested in and then i give them contacts that i know that are, that have done deals in that market whether they live there or they live out of state and they did a deal in that market um, i want to pass them to them so that they can ask them how'd you do it you know how'd you do it from You know you live in New York and you did a deal in in Texas how'd you do it how'd you accomplish it Um, I'm in Dallas and I'm you know driving around and I'm I'm chasing deals here in my local market Um, so I can't really speak to how they did it Um, but I will put people in touch with others that have done it Um, I know people in New York that have done deals in Texas and I know one guy in particular who's done three deals in Texas, and now he's doing what you said—he's—he's he's moving his family to Dallas. Um, when I first joined the group, I went and spent three weeks just uh, setting up meetings at Starbucks with with experienced syndicators in the group. And one, I was trying to pick their brain—you know, how'd you do it? You know, what's your experience level been? But at the end of each one of those. Uh, meetings, I asked the same question to everybody, I, I said, you know, I know why I would want to partner with you, you know, you're an experienced syndicator, you've got relationships with brokers, you've got relationships with the property management companies, you've raised capital, so you've got an investor database, you've run the asset as an asset manager after it's closed, you have relationships with lenders, I know why I would want to partner with you, but why would you ever want to partner with me, a new guy? And they all answered the same way. Mm-hmm. And what they said was, go find the deal. Yeah. So yeah. as a new guy, the value that you one of the main values that you can bring is you go find the deal. And what it's entailed in that, you go find the deal, you go out and do the property tour, you go out and, and shop the comps, to make sure that you, you could raise the rents. You know, if you do a certain rehab, um, you, you do all the underwriting, um, you know, in our group, we have to have, we have coaches that we have to run the underwriting by and they have to kind of review it and approve it. You get that done. Um, you actually get close to, or you get into best and final, um, on a deal. And so you've done like all the legwork and now what are you looking for in a partner? You're looking for somebody that has um, the knowledge and the credibility to come alongside you. So you reach out to, to somebody that you know that has that and you say, hey, I've got this deal, I'm investing final, You know, I would love to partner with you. To, at that point, if they're interested, you send them the underwriting, it's as easy as that looking at the deal and saying, yeah, this this deal looks like it's got legs. You know, I'm in. They spend you know an hour or two looking at it and talking to you, and next thing that they're you know part of the general partnership of the deal if if you win the deal, where you spent hours and hours and hours putting the deal together. So that's one big way that a new person can add value. If you're at a state, it makes it more challenging because. You know, if you're going to be going and visiting the properties, you've got to coordinate so that you meet with multiple brokers over, you know, a multiple day period, so that you know the cost of flying there and staying there makes sense. Um, I have seen other people that have brought value from the the capital raise standpoint, where they they have maybe they have a 1031, okay, they. They just sold a property in California, and they've got a bunch of funds that are sitting liquid yeah. and they could easily just roll that into a deal well there's value to that too, because if they have two million dollars well that's you know two million dollars that the, the syndicator doesn't have to spend raising so but I would say predominantly people are looking for you to to do all the legwork and actually find the deal.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. So, I just want to touch one thing cuz again, you know, coming back to like being a lot of syndicators right now in this in this given moment. So, maybe you can give um, you know, advice on a contingency plan for a person to implement if his exit strategy fails, you know, because again, there's a lot of new people coming in into syndication and some of them again i'm not going to be calling out names but there's some people in i mean acquiring deals just for the acquisition fee and you probably know that yourself so you know what plan should these people have because again everybody's now expecting for kind of a market crash people talking about that so who knows how long is that going to last maybe the winter is going to be for seven or ten years and if the person has the five-year exit strategy i mean and it's a first deal. So what do you recommend for those people when it comes to like, maybe talk about underwriting and, and you know, exit strategy? Can you give an advice? Sure. Um, I'll talk about a few things. So, you know, the people in my
1: multifamily group, a lot of them are, are very educated. and A lot of them have invested in other deals before, and they understand it. Um, and we, in our capital raise, probably about half the the money was raised through the multifamily group and half was through uh, personal network and when it was interesting when when i talked to people through my personal network um you know one they were very happy that they had never been exposed to to an opportunity like this and so they were it was more educational how does this work darren i trust you but you know what what do you see as being the biggest risk And So, it kind of goes to your point as to, okay, well, if you have a a market crash, uh, if 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 the economy turns bad, you know, how does that impact a deal like this? And so, I have not been through a down cycle as a property owner. I have talked to a lot of other syndicators and gotten feedback from them, but my experience comes from the loan trading side. So, you know, my... My uh, feedback back to to these uh, passive investors was that I see the biggest risk as the loan reset. Um, so, you know, unlike a residential loan in the U.S., where you where you can you have a thirty year fixed rate mortgage, uh, you can't find that financing for these large multifamily deals. So you're either going to get a bank loan, um, which most people would characterize as as a bridge loan um and which will have like a three-year most of the bridge loans have like a three-year um fixed rate and then maybe two one-year extensions okay um we my feedback to the um passive investors was was that putting on long-term fixed rate debt i think is the Best mitigating factor you can do in today's market. So we put on a Freddie Mac agency loan, the 10-year fixed-rate loan, so that if you know, even though we have a five-year you know deal forecast, if in year three the economy tanks and you know year five is still not good, well, well we're not going to sell in year five. You know, we're going to hold on and wait for the economy to come back and rents to come back and cash flow to come back. So, you know, the biggest risk is of all of a sudden you're in a bridge loan and you come up on that third year and the economy tanks, right. And either cap rates shoot up or um, your cash flow goes down. So the bank says, well, your property was worth 10 million when you bought it, but, cash flow is down considerably and now it's only worth 7 million and if you want me to refinance this loan you need to bring another million and two million dollars of equity well in a downturn nobody wants to pony up that extra money so that's the biggest risk from my standpoint um you know reduction in cash flow um, i'm in seven deals as a passive investor and if the sponsor was to tell me "Hey, Darren," You know, I know we were forecasting eight percent distributions, but the economy has gone down and we have to cut that back down to four percent, or or we have to cut off distributions altogether. I'm actually fine with that as long as you don't lose the asset. You know, that's the biggest risk of these multifamily deals. is, is just don't get to the point where you can't pay the mortgage and you lose the asset. That's when everybody loses their money. If you can ride out that wave, then you know, real estate's going to go back up and rents are going to go back up. But, you know, in that downturn, what happens to your stock investments? You know, in a matter of a few days or a few weeks or a few months, your portfolio could be down 40, 50%, right? Um, in the multifamily world, you don't see that ticker symbol. So you don't see your your valuation go down 40, 50%. Uh, really the biggest impact is, you know, possibly your distributions either get cut or, um, you know, get hold off, hold off altogether for a time period.
0: When talking about the property itself, you know, would you give anything for people uh, when it comes to the touring, the property, maybe some specific things that people should be aware of and what, the things that should be, you know, paying more attention?
1: Um, yeah, uh, one, I would say this is the value of being part of a, a group with, of like-minded people that have done it before, before you. Um, so I'm not an engineer. And so for me to, to walk a property and identify things, uh, you know, I'm probably not the best suited to do that, but you know, the people that are within my group have pointed me to here's the, here's the individual that you should hire. And and so I didn't have to go out and, and guess who the right person was. He's an expert in the industry. They've been you know uh, inspecting multifamily properties for years and years and years. And then he brings a whole team of people onto the property: uh, master electrician and master plumber, you know, foundations guy, um, etc. So so he's got all of his specialists there to, to to do their detailed work. And then he compiles um, all the summary data and then he'll present that and say, here's where I think you need to spend money on the rehab. Here's some deferred maintenance. Here's some things that, um, you know, need work on the property. So I would trust, yep. you know, hiring the right team members is, is the way the approach that I take.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So can we just touch one base about the team again? Cause sure. I just want to ask how important for Person to have a team in real estate, because everybody's who's starting is it could be you know just a one man band, so right. how's important to get that team and how person sh- should structure that team
1: so you know if you're looking to buy a duplex, you don't need to have that big of a team, but if you're looking to get into multifamily syndication larger yep. uh, properties, then in order for you to get the deal done, you're going to need a, a strong team so you know, who's on the team, uh, one, you know, you need an attorney who is, um, you know, specializes in this area. So the attorney is going to, uh, you know, some syndicators like myself, I hired an attorney that, that did both. Um, they, they helped negotiate the purchase and sale agreement, and they also put together uh, the PPM, the private placement memorandum. So, um, I use the same attorney to do both, but there's some syndicators that will hire one attorney to negotiate the purchase and sale agreement, and a different attorney to put together the private placement mm-hmm. memorandum. Um, you need an inspector, you know, somebody who's gonna, who knows what they're doing in terms of looking at the roofs, looking at the plumbing, looking at the electrical work, um, the foundations, and be able to tell you... Um, but the condition of the property is where there's deferred maintenance and where you're going to need to spend money. Um, you're going to need a lender. So you're typically going to get, you know, anywhere between 70 and 80% leverage on a loan on these larger deals. And so you're going to need a lender that that knows what they're doing in terms of putting together a loan package and can, and can help educate you and walk you through that process. ideally you're going to want another partner that's done it before
0: for looking for deals is there a specific process that you've been taught maybe and that you followed like maybe i don't know like writing a list of a properties basically because how important for you is to is to stand by your criteria because again you know, there's a lot of deals going on. And uh, how strong are, are you going to be standing on that? Because I, I heard one podcast, again, I'm not going to be promoting nobody's podcast on the podcast. But right. uh, the guy was talking that he, until he found a deal, it took him almost two years until he closed that deal. Because he just said, oh, wow. no, yeah, he said no to like, multiple offers. And again, he was super active into you know looking for the deals and talking with the sellers and stuff, but he, he it was just not his criteria. So the question so it
1: took it took him two years to find the right deal or he entered into a contract and then it took him two years to close it. No, it took it it took him
0: two years to find the deal actually, the uh, process. Okay. Deal.
1: So it took it it took me a year to get my first deal. Okay. And so you know it's very competitive out there for sure, yeah
0: yeah, so but again, coming back to the investment criteria, how people should be uh, how important is that for people to to be you know fixated on I mean because c- you you bought the deal based on your criteria, right so I, right, absolutely well, you know at the end sure. of the
1: day, this is a relationship business and and it's, you're also you're you're being entrusted with the capital of, of other people yep. you know so um they're looking if you're looking to be a syndicator they're looking the passes are looking for you to be the leader to find them a deal that is going to help grow the wealth of everybody that's involved in that deal yeah so if you end up putting together a deal and raising a bunch of capital and then the deal falls flat and People don't make a lot of money or lose money uh, and you're most likely going to be one and done in this industry um, it's just it you know the way it, the way your business grows and this this is from my vast knowledge again i've only been in the market this market for a year and a half, but it's from talking to others that have been in the industry for a long time is that the growth happens by you know, getting a deal, getting the deal done, and then providing, you know, above market returns to your your investors. And then those investors then tell their sister and their brother and their mother and their aunt and their uncle and their friends. And then all of a sudden on your next deal, they're they're asking, hey, you know, I want to introduce you to other people before your next deal so you can develop a relationship because they want, they want in. And so it just happens naturally that your investor database grows because you've been successful. So the opposite is also true, right? I'm not gonna go tell anybody, hey, you should talk to so-and-so if I lose money in an investment or if, if I was oversold um, yeah. on that investment.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, but you know, making sure that you provide the returns that you promise. Well, most of the time, again, it's under-promised because you want to, I guess, in syndication, you want to under-promise and over-deliver because you have
1: that's to be- the, That's yeah. the ideal. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, but again, coming back, like, you have to be very specific about your, you know, investment criteria, like the deals that you're looking for. You cannot go like, oh, maybe I will do, you know, whatever, you know couple of years older property instead of a B I will do like C minus location. I mean, you have to get specific and just stick to that. Right. Cause that's very important. So I I think that you have to be consistent with
1: your criteria, but you know, you could make money on C properties just like you could make money on B properties. You know, so sure. it, you know, it depends on what your value add strategy is. And, um, and what and the soundness of your business plan you know uh, what are you using you know comparable properties to you know to compare to um you know if you're buying a 1960s asset and you're comparing where you know where you think you could bring rents to but you're comparing that to two other 1980s products you know down the road it's probably not an apples to apples comparison because yeah. the 1980s product is, is most likely, you know, nicer and better condition um, with, with less deferred maintenance or less uh, ongoing maintenance costs.
0: Hmm. Okay. Got it. So one thing, again, we are living in information age right now, and we are talking via Zoom. You're right now in Dallas. I'm in Ireland. You know, That's pretty cool. In, in a rainy Ireland, and I would like to be in <laughs> Dallas right now so well, you,
1: hey you said you said you're coming to dallas later in yeah. the year so you better look me up when you're
0: here definitely definitely so one thing is like the information age and the technology so is there any real estate technology then you that you use specifically for yourself to automate some tasks and maybe you can recommend some of those for for people
1: um yeah there, there is i it, it's nothing earth-shattering um so you know kind of step one, if I find a deal that looks like the numbers might work, you know, my first step might be to compare the rents uh, the rent to other properties around it by using uh, an app or the uh, website apartments.com. So that's an easy way uh, without having to get in my car and drive. I can look at some surrounding properties and see, okay, what are they charging for rents right now? And, so, and a lot of times they'll have pictures on, the, on that website that will show the interiors of the property so I can see, you know, do they, are those apartments upgraded? Are they, you know, um, are they comparable to what we would be doing when, if we upgraded them? Um, so that could be a first step before jumping in the car and, and uh, actually driving, driving the area. Yeah. Um, once we close on the property, um, you know, leveraging the property management company's software is, is critical. So uh, on our deal, we're using Wainer Multifamily as our third-party property, our, our third property management company. And they manage over 20,000 units. And um, a bulk of those are in the, in the Dallas market. Um, and they use a um, software company called Resman, R-E-S-M-A-N and um, as an owner i get access to that software and it's phenomenal software it it you know provides me all the data that i need uh related to the managing um the property i can see you know all when all the leases are coming due i could see when people when the on-site uh staff has signed a new lease and they're not going to move in for a couple weeks um it gives me um, charts that show me when, when the renewals are going to take place. And so okay. you know, leveraging a third-party property management company that has invested in good technology um, helps save me money as an independent owner because I don't have to go out and procure that software. I get the leverage off of the software that, that the property management company has purchased.
0: Exactly, exactly. And nowadays, I mean, back in the days... It was good from, from one point, like there was no technology and probably if we bought any property, well, almost any property in almost any location, everybody would be rich now because of the appreciation, right? The multifamily is a different game. People don't play for appreciation, but you know, the technology definitely makes life much easier right now. And that's a, and that's a very good thing. You know, again, the problem that I see in a lot of syndicators, life again coming back to you know information age like those people don't promote or market themselves in the right way so because again we have in our hands now all these different mediums that are available in, available in our hands and most of them actually are completely free so but again the problem that these people have I know it's that the issue is the time most of the time so because these people got the money, but they don't have the time. So again, what what platforms do you recommend for people if they're starting, you know, in in syndication or just in real estate? What platforms like do you recommend people must they they must to use? So any advice? Um, yeah. So I'm
1: I'm an old school business guy. I'm I'm used to sitting across the table and shaking somebody's hand and talking, you know, face to face. Yeah. Um, so when I got involved in the multifamily group a year and a half ago, I wasn't even on Facebook. I mean, like wow. I wasn't even on Facebook. I, I didn't even have a Facebook account. I didn't have, That's all right. I wasn't on Facebook for personal, for nothing. Right. And when I joined the group, I was told, Hey, you should really join Facebook if for nothing else, just for this. We have a private Facebook group. And so I did that, and, and I found it to be extremely beneficial because it it gave me the ability to quickly um, introduce myself and meet a lot of people within my multifamily group um, through this private um, networking group, you know, all online. And then you know, and then we, we have face-to-face networking events also but not everybody can make it. So it gives me the ability to meet people from California and from the East coast and from the Midwest that I may never have been able to meet before. And Mm -hmm. then since then, you know, I've, I've been, I've met people outside of our multifamily group and then they've introduced me to other multifamily groups. And then that has opened the door to meeting other people. So, you know, first I would say Facebook is definitely a great medium or meeting a lot of multifamily people um, getting involved in uh, multifamily specific groups within facebook um, would be critical so that was my kind of phase one um, my phase two it now is, is instagram and um, again i'm coming from the old school business side and and i kind of looked at instagram as being something my kids play with, right? Um, I've got a 16-year-old and an 18-year-old, and, and they kind of grew up with Instagram, and and I I didn't really see the value in it from a business standpoint until, like, the last year, in addition to going to, you know, I'm always trying to learn more and, um, you know, better educate myself, not only on multifamily, but, you know, business in general and, yep. And, um, so I, I also go to entrepreneurial conferences in addition to going to real estate conferences and some of these entrepreneurial conferences focus on, you know, how to build a brand, how to get your name out there, um, you know, how to put, put yourself in front of more people, how to attract more people. And predominantly the, the channel that they talk about is Instagram. Uh, more, they talk about Instagram way more than they talk about uh, Facebook when it comes to these entrepreneurial conferences. So that's kind of my, my st- step two right now is, is trying to, to grow that Instagram presence. And, um, you know, it just has afforded me the ability to meet people I wouldn't have met before. Uh, you know, the two of us, we met through Instagram. We probably never would have been talking right now if if we didn't, you know, both um, engage in that
0: platform. Unless uh, unless we came across each other on Facebook, (laughs) right?
1: Exactly. Unless we came across each other on Facebook, but you know, what are the chances that you've got a guy in in Dallas talking to a guy in Ireland? You know, so in today's world, you can do that, and then, and like you said, you're going to be here later in the year, and we'll meet face to face and have a beer and tell stories
0: exactly exactly and that's again the importance because again you know from multi-family standpoint there's a lot of people like mentors um, already successful people who have the track record in the multi-family space they're they're telling and they're preaching like you need to have a thought leader like platform and that means like you you need to be trusted because that's one again you like as you mentioned the money is not the problem well sometimes it could be depends like where the person is in what position if he's starting or if he's established but the deal the deal is is finding the deal and then okay you you got the deal who's going to invest like right and again the competition now as we spoke before the interview is the world now because everybody is looking invest into you know into the states because states became kind of a you know, a holy grail place kind of for people to to place and protect their capital. And people people investing from China, Japan, like Africa, like Europe, like from all over the place. So if people like, if person is living in the States and he thinks he's competing with people in the States, again, it's it's the whole world. And uh, same in here, same in Europe. If you're looking to invest, make investments in here, you're competing with people from all over the place. So that's why it's important now and going in the future, because technology, as we mentioned, is gonna make life much, much more easier going in the future as well. So if person because if people thinking, oh my god, it's Instagram, is this Facebook, Twitter, like Snapchat, like all these platforms there, oh my God, it's just crazy too much for me. It's right. only just the beginning. It's only just right. the beginning. And and whoever's gonna take advantage of those platforms those people again are gonna become the thought leaders in this space you know again I'm I consider myself a young guy I'm in 30s but I consider myself young for for you guys or for you people to judge right now so comment please let me know so uh, you know so but uh, it's definitely super important because I guess you know the states is, is, is definitely like, 360 whatever million, million the number is people right you know there's 7 billion people in the world so if person is going to be on youtube daily on instagram daily on podcast daily and people will see that person as an expert they will be more confident into placing their capital their earned money into the future deals as well so i think you know that's just my point on on touching you know the information um, you know, you're
1: you're absolutely right. I mean, the you you said the word confidence. You know, I think it, it brings confidence, um, and it helps people get over the the hump in terms of, um, you know, because it's scary investing the first time in a deal that you you're not familiar with. Yeah. And I so I'm 49 years old, and and I've been exposed. To, you know, to I've been in two nice golf clubs. I've been exposed to a lot of people in a lot of different industries and until I got involved in this group a year and a half ago and I had the money to invest, okay? I I had not been approached one time by any friends, family, business associates, anybody with an opportunity to invest in multifamily. So, what I found from closing the deal in December and talking with my personal network is is it actually provided me with like this excitement because there's really a service level, um, you know, giving back of, of helping other people to grow their wealth. There's so many people out there that don't want all their money in the stock market, but they don't know what else to do. And so since, um, you know, I just started with Instagram, I don't know, March of this year. And in that time, I've had people that, you know, have our personal contacts that I haven't talked to in years that have since reached out to me and said, hey, I've been watching your Instagram. I had no idea they were watching, right? And I want to learn more about this multifamily thing. And, you know, that just solidifies to me that, you know, there are so many people out there that want an alternative, you know, maybe they don't want to take all their money out of the stock market, but they want, you know, they want an alternative. Right now, they feel like they're just forced to keep all their money in the stock market. Um, where, you know, this multifamily asset class is another alternative for them.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And you know, there's going to be more and more of those people. Cause again, people are waking up, you know, they're like, man, well, what's the option for me? Like the pension, the pension idea, I guess for me, I won't probably even like if I would be reaching the pension thing idea, whatever, I probably won't be reaching that because they, they're just gonna continue to push the years and probably the number would be maybe ninety. Of course I'm gonna live until <laughs> until of course I'm gonna live until ninety, but you know, I don't want to like chase that thing, whatever. So right. and then you're, the job you're not gonna count on it exactly i'm not gonna count on it and and like people now they they understand the importance especially that's why i love us and the whole idea of capitalism i mean it's definitely because in this in this like place we call it earth to exchange with people and to buy goods and to have a good life to have a good lifestyle to have things and to you know impact people and to help our families help, help help ourselves we need money so, and the work, whatever people do, you know, like, you know, there's only 1% of people that earn enough money to, to take care of themselves. So again, what's the vehicle for people to go into and earn like passively? Because again, now we're talking about the limited partners going into deals. That's going to be all passive income while they still working right. in their jobs. Right. So, I mean, what, what, what else better can be, you know, than just that? I don't know. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I mean, I, you know, time will tell, um, whether, you know, the, the, the country continues to be moving the direction of a renter nation, you know, um, you know, things definitely seem like they've, they've changed from, you know, when I was growing up, everybody, you know, wanted to get the job and make money so you can buy the house and and, uh, the younger generation doesn't seem to have that same, um, perspective. you know, time will tell to see if, if, if this asset class hits some, you know, major road bumps or, or whether it just slows down and then it goes back up. You know, we don't we don't know. But, you know, everybody has to live somewhere. And um, that's what I, I love about the, the asset class is that everybody has to live somewhere. And, um, you know, we focus in on workforce housing, which is BNC. Properties and and they're not making any more of that product. Yep. You know, so all the new construction is all a multifamily units. Um, you know, because of the cost of land and the cost of labor um, and materials, the only way they can make the deals work is to um, you know put up a properties and and have the renters be you know high income earners. So. Yep.
0: And those and those all A type of properties that we're talking again. We mentioned the downturn, like all the A class type of renter, you know, locations and people who are renting. Renting, I mean, like those probably uh, doctors, lawyers, whatever, you know, like earning whatever hundred plus k a year. Those people, when the recession is gonna hit, they will be like, oh my god, I need to. Stop spending money on this ridiculous rent, and they will start moving to those improved B and C type of class, you know, assets. So definitely, I mean, multifamily, particularly, you know, like value add properties, is definitely a game to be in. And of course, you know, this is a man for you guys to to be reaching out. He's now available even on Instagram. So <laughs>
1: this old school business guy on Instagram
0: yeah yeah no darren is definitely one of the people if you want to reach out to him again he can tell you where where or where you can reach him but what's what's the platforms that you're available on currently and maybe you're planning to do, you know to be on some other as well in the future? sure uh, you can
1: you can reach me on instagram um at batch Elder darren uh p-a-t-c-h-e-l-d-e-r-d-a-r-i-n um and I'll also put out my cell phone number is 954-304-3236. Uh, feel free to give me a call. I've had a lot of people help me get my first deal. And, and I'm, you know, I'm here and, and um, you know, I, I'm excited about the, the opportunity and I'm excited to help others. Um, a lot of people have helped me. So I, I'd like to give back by helping
0: others as well awesome because because it's all about that you know reaching your success and and helping all others on the way to there so you know and and probably i don't know if you have any deals coming up like under your belt belt or something you know but if you have people people can reach you out and talk about that you know about placing their capital into safe asset class which is multifamily definitely so besides yeah. that it's just, you know, I love it. Again, I love talking with people on multifamily space because I love that space so much because it definitely makes sense as you touched, you know, like buying a house, which make, made sense before and still makes sense for some people. Like well, I, heard, I heard the person, you know, I want to finish off with, with this. Maybe. Sure. Um, if you know the person, Dean Graziosi, have you heard about him? Uh,
1: um, I, I have heard him. I've seen him. I follow him on Instagram yeah um but i but i i have not been i haven't been to any of his events um that, that's fine. and I, I don't i don't know him personally but yeah. but i do know of him and yes
0: my point my point was like if people know like go and check it out there was an interview with him and some other guy, and uh the guy asked him a question like what properties do they invest in and at that time, it was probably about a year ago he said he had thousand five hundred houses, so wow. i mean then yeah that's a huge portfolio. Wow. and that means signing 1500 you know loans taken up loans mortgages 1500
1: well he he probably bought he probably bought portfolios
0: probably but yeah. the thing that the, the thing that yeah. he said because he was talking with a multifamily guy and the thing that he said he was like at the end of this year i will get rid of all the houses and again now i'm looking really? at the people yeah and he said i'm going to go into multi-family properties and again, now it, I'm looking at, make, at the people. Makes sense. Makes sense. Again, again, if, you know, so now I'm looking at the people who actually go and still buy the houses, you know, wholesale, rehab. I'm not saying it's a bad thing to do. I mean, because I know there's a right. lot of successful people by doing that. But if, if if a person like Dean Graziosi says, listen, I'm going to get rid of the houses, and you actually go and buy the houses, like, which one right. is right in this position? So, you know, like right you need to make your own choices and understand what's right or wrong. But man, it's been phenomenal talking with you, Darren, today. I'll tell you, you know, I definitely, Martin,
1: I really appreciate you reaching out and um, it was great talking to you today. And, you know, if there's any listeners that want to get in touch, definitely reach out to me. I'd be happy to help in any way possible. And again, would love to get together with you face to face when you come into the States.
0: Definitely. Definitely. Appreciate that. Appreciate the time today. There was uh, a money show with Darren Bachelor. Again, reach out to him on Facebook, Instagram, you know, reach out about, about the current or upcoming deals and just talk, you know, some real estate. Really cool, cool guy, as you see here. So thanks again for watching. Please subscribe to the channel and I'll see you on the next episode, guys. Take care. Thanks, Martin. Appreciate it.